Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride. Because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome back, ladies. We are so excited to have you back here today, and we have our very special dear friend that we just can't get enough of, Aaron Vandevoort joining us, teach us all the things about having hard conversations with people. So welcome, Aaron. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's excited to be, excited to be back. We are having, tapping into a great conversation today of something I think that a lot of us often avoid. And, you know, difficult conversations are just a part of life. And I think open and honest communication is such such a necessary thing for a, a good relationship. But a lot of times we avoid those conversations because we don't want to walk through that fire, but it actually leads us to resentment or towards um, misconceptions, towards assumptions. So having those difficult conversations and learning how to do that in a charitable way is something that's going to serve all of us. So we just want to dive right in today and talk about, um, talk about what that looks like. Yeah. Maria. Yeah, well, I 100% agree because, and I don't think it's only avoiding. I think it's also, we can either go into avoidance mode or we just agree, right? And become people pleasers. And for me, I have absolutely done both, <laughs> hands down. And it's really funny because there has been so many moments in my life where I realized I just went along with stuff, you know, just because I didn't want to, you know, upset the apple cart. I, you know, was afraid of how they would respond to me. And mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I could be honest about, well, this is how I feel about this, or this is what I think about this, because th they might get upset or it might come the wrong way. Or, and I was really, I mean, honestly, I was taking so much responsibility for their emotions and their thoughts and their actions and making it, making it be um, that, that I could control all that when I actually don't have that much control, <laughs> but that was, the, that was the headspace I operated out of, you know, was really, and so I think it was last year, I guess, 2019 into 2020, um, I had, had a friend who we were talking to just about relationships and talking about, um, and I mean, just, you know, is all kinds of relationships. And we were talking about that skill of being both fierce and tender and the honesty in that. And she said something that made me think, she said, you know, she said, you are so sweet all the time, but you have an inner fierceness that it seems like you don't always let that come out, probably in some situations where it, was sh where it should. When she said that, I realized, oh, you're right, I don't because of that fear. So mm. last year, I was really working intentionally on it, and I'm still working intentionally on it. And it is definitely a skill set that has been new for me. So Erin, please share your wisdom with us. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I love this. 
Um, it's so good. He, um, um, right. I think one of the biggest things about this topic that I think a lot of people struggle with is that, is that exactly what you said, Maria, about this fear of how other people are going to respond. Mm -hmm. And what that does is a lot of times, and this is specific to some personalities too, where some people just, they don't really communicate what they mean. Right. And they're afraid to communicate what they want. And in that fear, they actually communicate the opposite. You know, because it's like, they're so unclear or they're like couching what we're saying so much that like, we have this like desire to be really heard and really understood. And we don't think we will be. And so we're not clear. Right. And so there's a lot that kind of goes into that. So kind of how I approach hard conversations is I kind of, I love visuals. Like I love coming at a problem with a visual in mind. And for me using the, this idea of a river, right. That the other person is a river and in this river, our, our response or our words that we use to communicate, they can either be a dam that tries to shut down the river or stop the river. Right. And people just don't respond very well to a dam. Okay. And so what we want to do is we want to create the banks of the river, right? Where we're going to channel it and say, okay, this is where I will allow you to, to be, to begin and end, right? You're going to be here. And then you're going to be here on the other side of the bank. And so really creating like our language to hold. And a lot of times that really comes in with just stating the facts mm. and not stating, well, you should blink or that isn't what other people do or whatever. Like those are all words that kind of dam up the river and stop it. Right. But more of words of like, well, this is the situation. This is what's going on. Like those are more of like the banks and kind of using that as language versus directly coming at someone. Another visual I like to use is really seeing, um, when I have people as a, uh, um, instead of saying like, okay, I'm going to sit down and have this hard conversation. A lot of times we envision a table, right? We, we have a lot of hard conversations sitting at the kitchen table and it's like the other person's across from us and there's this problem in the middle. And what I like to do is I like to actually visualize like me and that person were actually on the same side of the table and the problems out there in the middle. And it's not between us. It's both of us are on the same team trying to solve this problem in the middle. And so that visual also helps me to come and not come at the person with this thing of like that they're the problem or that me that I'm even insinuating that they are a part of the problem, but that the problem is this third party thing over here it has nothing to do with mm -hmm. them. And we're on the same team and we can solve this problem together. Right. Um, I love how you say that, Aaron, because I think so many times we make our conversations a personal attack. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, no one receives that well. And then we, we oftentimes go down this road of like, comparison. Like, well, Susie didn't take it that way. So why are you taking it this way? And it has nothing to do with Susie. And we draw things in mm -hmm. that are really unnecessary and put people, like you said, it, it builds a dam as opposed to keeping the river flowing. And so this is just, mm -hmm. oh, you're just so good at analogies. Like literally <laughs> ladies, this yeah. woman has the most brilliant mind in breaking Beautiful. things down and explaining <laughs> them just yeah just in such a, an easy way to read. And we are on the same team. We love each other and we're trying to build each other up and head in the right, the same direction. Mm -hmm. Even when it comes to our spouse, I think so many times we, in, in a married situation, if you're married or in a relationship, we often pit tit for tat. And really what happens is I lose, he loses. And the only person that wins is the enemy. 
And we have to remember we're on the same team moving the same direction. So how can we have a productive conversation to where we're both heard and really pouring our hearts out in a vulnerable way, but not attacking each other? Can I tell yeah. a funny story real quick? And then yeah, go ahead. Just remind me of this. So <laughs> one of my brothers and my sisters-in-law, we were having a conversation about this. Like, how do you have um, like hard conversations or disagreements, right? In, in a marriage. And, and they were, they started looking at each other and started laughing. They're like, one of the things we do, and my sister, she's like, and I hate it, but it's so good. When she's like, they're like, when we're having these conversations, we actually hold hands because it reminds us that it's us against that thing over there that we're on the same team plus touch, you know, releases oxytocin and whatever, but she's like, she's like, it's so hard. Cause I don't want to touch it. <laughs> but I always think of that when people are talking about like having hard conversations with a significant other or a spouse, <laughs> I always think of that. So anyways, go ahead, please share your wisdom. And that's so, that's so good. I love that. Um, yeah. Well, a lot of times when I'm talking with couples, and, you know, bringing up this idea, okay, how do you have a hard conversation, right? <clears throat> I like to think about it this way. I like to think about it in, okay, if I'm the one bringing up the topic or, you know, because a lot of times when we have something that's, it's built up in us, we've thought about it, we've ruminated on it, we may not even know what the actual problem is. Um, and this is something that I've kind of um, disciplined myself in doing, like, okay, I'm not going to like just spill all over and like make it about, you know, whatever the, the dishes or something. There's always like the straw that breaks the camel's back. Right. Which is like, then everything comes out, but it's not really about that thing. It's about something else. It's about something deeper. Right. And so what I like to do is I try to figure out and ask myself first, like, what is the problem here? Like, what is the actual problem and try to get to the bottom of that internally. Right. Because your spouse doesn't even know what the, that there is a problem probably. Right. So, um, to come out and just like explode in this sense of like, and then this, and then this, and then this is really unfair, right. To, for them. So what I like to do is like, how do we set this up? So we're both on the same side and the, there's the problem. First, we have to know what the problem is. So I need to be able to articulate what the problem is. And then I need to be able to communicate that. And what I like to do is really to say, okay, this is the, this, this is something I've been thinking about for a while. This is something I would like to talk with you about. And then I tell them what it is, like, say your topic. Um, okay. you know. So for example, I might say, I've just been thinking about your work schedule for a while. And instead of blowing the gasket, when someone comes home, when Will comes home at six 30 and has been working all day, why have you been at work so long? You work so many hours just saying, you know, this is something I've been talking about for a while, thinking about for a while how, you know, just your work hours. And I would love to have a conversation about it. Is that what you're saying? Would be yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. And, and like, and then always ask giving the other person the time, like, so where they can have the choice of when that conversation happens so that you also give them time to think about it and kind of come prepared. That's where it kind of feels uneven, right? It's just like, I've been thinking about something for a long time. Well, you know, one spouse has been thinking about it for a long time and the other spouse has to like, Respond spur of the moment with, you know, wait, I just didn't even know this was a thing. Like, hold on, let me think about it. And it's often a just, it's, it's a, it's more respectful to be able to say, this is the, this is what something I've been thinking about. I want to have a conversation about it. 
when do you think you'd be ready to have that conversation and let them decide when they're ready to enter into that conversation. And I just feel like that's so respectful of the other. So good, Erin, because I think that takes away the reaction that causes so many of us to feel attacked, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And we know that it's like, okay, I know that I will be heard. I know that I'm going to be able to say my piece and like voice my concern. And that doesn't mean it's you take the emotion out of it or the seriousness of it. It's just more giving the other person the respect and the time so that the conversation can, can actually be valuable. Right. Um, and it's, and it kind of takes away that, um, inkling that we have to make it personal, like that, to make it so personal about us or them. Right. That's so good. (laughs) It is. You, how much do you give them so say, you know, say they're an issue has come to mind, how much mm-hmm. do you give them so that they can think about it though? Do you say, you know, where, cause I think what happens a lot of times too, is if people are going to have the conversation, they'd kind of gear it up for it, especially if you're somebody who struggles with those conversations. So you're like, okay, I'm ready for us to go all in. Cause I've been thinking about it. And I'm right. Ready, right. So how much do you give them so that they can also be prepared? So the whole point is that they get to choose right? It has to be their choice. And so some people take a long time to process information. Some people may (laughs) respond and say, let's talk about it right now. If this is bothering you, like I want to hear right now, like let's sit down and talk about it, you know, and they'll just have the conversation right away. But the whole point is giving them the choice because maybe this is something that they want to sit with and think about because they're either totally blindsided or they have their own things that they're working on internally and they don't have space to Mm. even have that conversation uh, because other things are on their mind. Maybe they have a problem they're ruminating on, you know? And so just letting them totally choose. Some people, it takes a week or two weeks to prepare for a hard conversation or depending on the topic, but it's just, I think it's helpful to give them the time and give them the space and give them the topic. You know, this is what I want to talk about. I love that. Say, Hey, okay. Um, I want to talk about, I feel like, I feel like you work all the time, right? So just say, Hey, this is, or how would you, you know, like, uh, or, uh, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like, I, like, I think it's better. It? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's, so it's always like, again, the third party. So it's not, we're not leading with use. Yes. You always, you never write those huge things. Like that's exactly the same. Like we're talking about is, uh, mm-hmm. is really, we're putting, so much into like their value as a person when we're talking about this. And whenever we speak in generalities, a red flag should go up. I always, I never, I, you always, you never, they never, you know what I mean? Like all of those are like, well, what is actually the problem? So when it comes to the work example, I would say something like I, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while. I really want to have a conversation about this because it's bothering me. You can say why, right? This is like something I'm like, you know, trying to, trying to wrestle with myself and it's like getting, I'm getting really angry about it. And so I want to have a conversation with you about the amount of hours you're, you're working. Mm, So good. And then also, I think just to tag team on the end of that, and Aaron's so good about this on at the very core, always respecting that gift of free will, because at the deepest desire of all of us is that desire to be free. And so when you put the ball in their court and giving them the freedom to choose when we're going to talk about this, how we're going to talk about this. And, and with that, not having an agenda of what you think is the answer, but really coming to the table to listen 
to what they have to say, because I might have this agenda in my mind that he needs to be home from work at five o'clock, but maybe he's been given this opportunity at work. That's going to lead us to a great opportunity for our family, but the expectation is more for him. Mm -hmm. And so I think just really getting out of those agendas that we hold for people and what the expectations we have and being open to receive what they have to say as well, and not thinking that we have it all figured out because we don't have all the answers. Yeah. And I think that that's exactly what time buys you. So like having the space and the time from this, like taking all of the courage that it, like, it's a really an act of courage, right? You have this thing that you're wanting to talk about and you're not talking about it because you don't want to hurt the other person. And then you're, but it's still bothering you. And it's just, you know, boiling over. Like it takes an act of courage to vocalize a lot of times what we want to communicate or having this hard conversation. Right. And a lot of times people don't make the act of courage. They run from it. And that's a tendency. A lot of people have, we all, we all are in this struggle. Right. And so when we make the act of courage and say it, we just, the idea of like, okay, I'm, I'm, it's the act of courage that we need to make at the time. It's not actually the conversation we need to have at the time. Mm -hmm. So by making the act of courage and making it in the way that is not going to force the other person to like enter conversation before they're ready, like you just need to make the act of courage to vocalize that something's bothering you. This is what it is. And you want to talk about it. That act of courage alone will satisfy you in that moment of like, okay, I did it. I said it, it's out. Like it'll make you feel so much better. And then time will go by where you can actually um, prepare in a better way of like, okay, now I can kind of organize my thoughts. Cause now he knows that this is a problem for me or now, now we can like address this together. And it also allows him to, come with the same, you know what I mean? With that, with that time of preparation that they're able to make and say, or even able to hear and ask questions. I love that. And I think also having two things to, to respond to that, just really having a role that we're not going to have a silent treatment. Cause I think a lot of couples do that. Like, Oh, we're just not going to talk until we talk, but coming at it from a place of charity and love and like, that's not allowed. We don't do the silent treatment. Mm-hmm. And also when you have that time to prepare, I think so many times we act out of anger and anger is really just a layered emotion. And as you peel back that anger, there's always some other emotion underneath there. And when you're just having the anger on top, it doesn't fix the root problem because the root is usually hurt or fear or something really different. And so I just encourage you to peel back those layers and not act out of anger because that's not the true emotion. And it doesn't serve any of us when we just react out of anger. And you know what else on that two things that came to mind when you guys were talking about that is number one, kind of that quote of listen with the intent to understand, not to reply because it puts you in a different headspace. And the other thing, and I know this has actually been really, really helpful for me is when there is a disagreement with someone or a situation where, you know, it's feeling a little bit like, oh, is, is to also assume that even maybe, even if there was like, there was a mistake made in the process that this person was trying to do the right thing and is trying to do the right thing. So assuming the good, because it seems like even in conversations with people, a lot of times someone will do something and there's an immediate subject. They did that on purpose. They were trying to hurt me. They meant to do that. Right. And, and I find that most people aren't really trying to hurt someone, you know, I mean, yeah, there are people, but a lot of times there's not, but we make mistakes or we have thoughts about it and we act out of those thoughts, you know, thinking, oh, this is a good choice and it's not, you know? And so 
even switching the assumption going into it, because it also puts us in a different heart space. Like if I assume, if I'm coming in to have a conversation with you, and my assumption is you want my good, you just happen to make a mistake, you know, or there was just some, some miscommunication, maybe I missed what you were trying to say, you know, then it puts me in a totally different receptive spot than the other. Yes, yeah. so and good. even... And even the, you know, the silent treatment that you mentioned, MK, and those other things and how we word things is definitely, um, those are dams, right? That's you're you're damming up the river, right? Mm -hmm. You're not allowing that up. You're, you're trying to stop them. You're trying to block them versus letting them continue, right? We can't stop another person, but just saying like, okay, this is the problem. This is how it's making me feel. This is what happens, right? And then kind of having those banks of the conversation. So just imagine that in your mind too, of just like, is, are, is the language that I'm using creating a dam for that I other person? That. And that goes back to respecting because when we, mm -hmm. when we have silent treatment, we don't, that's not respecting the gift of their free will. It's like, I'm shutting you down. It's a dam. So gosh, so much goodness here today. Don't you all love Erin's analogies? <laughs> she is amazing. So she is our, our expert that we know yeah. or it's going to bring you all so much goodness. And we just are so grateful for you, Erin. Mm -hmm. So grateful for all the things you do to teach us and for being a part of this mission to really mm -hmm. help everyone water their grass. So any final thoughts on how our, how women and men listening can water their grass this week in difficult conversations? Mm -hmm. I, my takeaway is just to always respect the other person and assume the best. My takeaway is to really go into um, conversation and like setting the expectation of a different time, like giving them the option for that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mine would be just always keeping the other person's freedom and giving them the ability to choose. It's really important. So it. good. Well, ladies, thank you for listening and gentlemen, we appreciate y'all. We're excited for our next episode. Um, but like, subscribe, follow, share, all the things. <laughs> and let us know your feedback on difficult conversations and anything you have to say. We'd love, to, love hear. to hear what your experience has been and what we can learn from you. We're all in it together. So get out there, water your grass this week, ladies. Your